still talking about the life worth living the life worth living uh, today I just want us to look at maybe the goal of this life what's the goal of the life worth living and why should we live this life worth living we are based on 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 3b, that's where we will get the goal of what we are talking about this morning. And the goal of this thing is very clear. Are you able to show the scripture? 2 Corinthians 11, verse number 3b. The Bible says, but I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve, by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and a pure devotion to Christ. A sincere and pure devotion to Christ. That's the goal. That's the goal of Christian living. And Paul says, I am afraid that as you journey through this life in this context, just like the enemy deceived Eve, you too might be deceived and led astray from this goal, eh? from this focus, a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Meaning you can still have a devotion, but it is no longer sincere, it is no longer pure. You get what I'm talking about. You still devoted because you are coming to a Sunday service. You're reading the Bible. you praying before you eat. And all that kind of stuff. You can sing, but your devotion is no longer as pure and as sincere as he desires it. Because you have been led up. Stray by so many things that you see around you. In other words, God's expectation is for you and me to maintain a sincere and a pure devotion regardless of our circumstances. And the word devotion there simply means your loyalty to Jesus. It's talking about your commitment to Jesus. It's talking about your enthusiasm for Christ. Your passion for Christ. How is it? When you first came to Jesus, you were so passionate. You, you were so going for it. No one would stop you. It was so sincere, so pure. You loved it. You enjoyed it. But deception begins to creep in. The passion has gone down. Instead of being passionate, now you are the judge. Now you are the police. Now you, you are looking at that one and that one. You are now seeing the things you never saw when you were focused 
on the purity of your devotion and on the purity of Christ. And because you have shifted your focus from that which makes you strong and have fixed your focus on the sin things that make you weak, your devotion is no longer pure. God allowing and the Spirit leading us this morning, my duty is just to help us Maybe with three, four, or five ways of maintaining a pure devotion to Christ in a context like this one. I think, ladies and gentlemen, we need to understand that we live in a world whose objective and whose aim is to pacify your faith, is to make you as weak as it is is to make sure that your Christian living has no influence and has no impact. is as ordinary as the world loves it. I think you need to understand also that you live in a world that wants to set standards for everyone. And yet, you are the standard of the world. You see, Mark, Matthew chapter 5, I think it's from verse 13. The Bible says you are the salt of the earth. And the word salt there simply means you are the standard of the earth. You as the church, you as believers, you are the standard of living. You are the standard of leadership. You are the standard of family, standard of marriage. You are the standard of business. You are the standard of the kingdom of God that is above every other kingdom. There is no other standard. The challenge with you and me is we have agreed to the lies of the enemy to believe that there is a better standard than this standard. Maybe this morning, let's take time to remind each other that you are the standard. Ladies and gentlemen, there is nothing else on earth bigger than Jesus. And if Jesus didn't trust you, he was not going to give you the title, the ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ. You represent the standard. Therefore, you are the standard. Can I ask that you just talk to your neighbor and say, hey, you are the standard. Stop demeaning yourself. Stop looking down on yourself. The Lord has raised you up and he has given you the authority. He has given you the enablement. He has given you the capacity. He has given you the strength. That's why the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He is my strength. He is my capacity. He is my ability. It doesn't require me. It requires him who has given me because I live by him. I walk by him. I do everything by him. Therefore, I am able. It doesn't matter who thinks what and says what. I am able as long as I keep the focus. On Christ. Am I helping somebody this morning? A sincere and a pure devotion. Don't live the life of excuses. 
I couldn't be pure, I couldn't be sincere because APC, those things don't work in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not a kingdom of excuses. It's a kingdom of faith. It's a kingdom of commitment. In the kingdom of God, no one is weak. When the Bible says when we are weak, we are. Mm-hmm. Just when you thought you were weak, the kingdom loves you that way because that is when you are strong. In the kingdom of God, you are too dangerous for the enemy when you feel weak. When you feel strong, you might be walking on the lines of deception. Because you might be relying on your feelings and not on the culture of the kingdom. So you are okay feeling as weak and as useless and as hopeless as you are. You are the right candidate. Because you are very powerful. Are you with me this morning? So how do you maintain this devotion? Let's try and help each other. My point number one is found in James chapter 1. James chapter 1 verse number 22. I will just say the way of maintaining a pure devotion is to do the word. Do the word of God. Write it down. If you have got a notebook, show us the scripture. Write it down. Do the word. Why? There is a reason. Let's read it. The scripture is coming. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. When you hear the word only as you do every Sunday or during the course of the week, but without doing the word, the Bible says you are deceiving yourself. You see, when already you are deceived by yourself, your focus on Christ is already deceived. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, that Jesus we are talking about, he is the word of God. And when you are not doing the word, you are not doing Jesus. What gives you power? What gives you life? What gives you passion? What sustains your enthusiasm for Jesus is how much you do what he tells you to do. And he actually says in the Bible that if you are my disciples indeed, you will really do my commandments. If you love me, you will do my word. So doing the word of God is an act of love, is an issue of love, is a demonstration of your love to Christ. We don't love him by words. That's not enough. We don't love him by singing here. We don't love him either by even preaching here. The love is shown by doing his word. Can we be obedient to the word? Can we do what the word tells us to do? Can we walk according to the word of God? Not according to our own designs and desires, but the word. What does the word of God say about your issue? What does this say about what you are thinking? 
What does the word say about this and that? Can you do it? Then your devotion is online. Your devotion is on track. You are following Jesus. Are you with me this morning? And James is very clear. Let's not just hear the word. Congratulations. Hearing builds faith. But guess what? That faith must result with an action. Doing the word. Because it is the word that achieves for you. The Bible says, my word I have sent and it will not return to me void. And guess what? When you do the word of God, it begins to fill you with the mission of God. And before you know it, that word in you, when you do it, helps you to conform to the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no way you can do the word of God and remain looking like the world. And remain walking like the world, thinking like the world, smelling like the world. The more you do the word, the more the world rejects you. Our biggest challenge with the present day Christianity is that it is so acceptable to the world. You need to realize that when the world simply accepts you as a Christian, it means there is something questionable. Because when I'm doing the right thing, the world must close doors. It must shut me out so that the power of the God I serve opens doors. In most cases, we celebrate doors that have been opened by the enemy and say it is God. May God help us. This then leads us to our second point this morning. Only how to maintain a pure devotion to Christ. My point number two is be led of the Holy Spirit. If you want to maintain a pure devotion, Romans 8 verse 12 to verse 17, let's discover this. Be led of the Holy Spirit. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. Hear me very well while we are there. Let's go back there. Ladies and gentlemen, when we received Jesus as Lord and Savior of our lives, we moved from the flesh level, the sin level, the natural level, the tradition level, the cultural level, the human speaking level, and moved into a different dimension where we are no longer led by the desires of the flesh, where we are no longer led by the natural passions and everything else, but where we are led by something else. Let's move on. And it says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die spiritually death before you die the physical death. You see, you were once dead. Then you believed in the Lord Jesus and you came to life. But now that you are 
going backwards, allowing the flesh to lead you, it kills you again. Spiritually. Do you see what we are talking about? That's what the, the scripture is talking about. You can continue saying, I'm born again, I'm born again, I'm born again. Congratulations. But if you allow the flesh to lead you, the Bible says you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. But if by not education, not money, not necessarily going to church, not necessarily preaching or singing, but by the Spirit, the Spirit of God, if you allow the Spirit to work you up, to work in you, to help you, because ladies and gentlemen, we need to understand that without the Holy Spirit, we can't control the body. We can't control, we can't manage the flesh. It is too powerful because it is also spiritual, but driven by another spirit. And so your physically efforts cannot contain it because the body, woo, it can send you to a different direction. Yeah? If you are not careful. Even as we speak here this morning, somebody, their body, their flesh is in charge. It's probably saying this young boy is dreaming. Eh? What is he saying? <laughs> if you hear that voice, it is not the voice of the Spirit of God. It's the flesh. Be delivered in Jesus' name. It says... Let me read verse 13 again. For if you live, let's go back. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds, the works, the passions, the desires of the body, you then live in the Spirit, in the realm in which Jesus wants you to be in. Because when you are in that realm and live in it, you are able. And verse 14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Hallelujah. You want a pure devotion? You want to stay focused on Christ? You want to stay hearing Him, walking with Him, understanding Him, becoming more like Him? There is no other agent on earth currently who can reveal Jesus to you but the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. That is his work. Jesus says, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to leave you orphans. I am going to ask the Father to send the helper. And the helper came on the day of Pentecost, 2,022 years ago. They were in the upper room. And he arrived from heaven. Yeah, He arrived from heaven and sat on them and filled them up with his own fire. He did marvelous stuff himself. And then you know what happened. He never returned to heaven. He is still here in filling the believers 
He is too much of a gently spirit. He doesn't push his way much. You receive him. He comes and he teaches you all things. Yeah? He leads you unto all the truth. He shows you things that are yet to come. He reveals Jesus to you. The Bible says he takes that. Jesus actually says he will take that which is of me and make it known to you. On a daily basis. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. He will help you with everything. You need help. The Holy Spirit. You need help about money. The Holy Ghost. You need help about your happy the Holy Spirit. Your kids, the Holy Spirit. Your business, the Holy Spirit. You're looking for somebody to marry, ask the Holy Spirit. You're looking for a job, ask him first. He will help you. He will guide you. You feel like you don't love the person sitting next to you before you tell them they are whatever Ask the Holy Spirit, what's your opinion on this guy next to me? Then you run with his opinion. Because your opinion doesn't count. You are not the one who died on the cross for the person sitting next to you. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Allow the Spirit to lead you. What leads you? Who leads you? Your passions, your desires, your culture, your tradition. What, what leads you? Your anger, your emotions. What leads you? As a Christian, nothing else but the Holy Spirit. Subject yourself. Surrender yourself to his leadership. Then you will remain focused. The reason why, maybe, is because the Holy Ghost does not testify of anything else or anyone else but Jesus Christ. So he is the right man to help you with your sincere and pure devotion to Christ Jesus. Because he reveals Jesus to you. He teaches you about Jesus. The more you know Jesus, the more the Father loves you. Because Jesus reveals the heart of the Father to you. Let me put it this way. Ladies and gentlemen, it is simple arithmetic. The Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to you. And Jesus reveals the heart of the Father to you. No one comes to the Father but by me. That's the simple arithmetic. So walk with this gentleman called the Holy Spirit. He's a good man. He's a good friend. He's waiting for you. Let's move on. I, I want to beat my time this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 to 18. Let's look at what the Bible says. Keep faith in the resurrection and focus on the unseen. There are a number of things that I want us to look at there. Let's see the scripture. If you are going to, to keep a pure devotion, continue looking up. He rose from the dead. The world disputes that. 
the moment you doubt that Jesus rose from the dead, your faith gets weaker and uh, weaker. You become a religious person. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is not a religious leader. He never was and he shall never be. Yeah? Keep your faith, keep your focus on the eternal truth. He rose again. Not only that, he is coming again. That's our Jesus. Many other religious leaders died and did not rise. They are still dead. They will only rise when he comes back. He rose from the dead. And he's coming again. The Bible says, so we do not lose heart. The challenge is losing heart. <laughs> losing confidence in your Jesus. It starts with you beginning to be critical of many things. The moment you hear in your heart, this attitude of just being critical. No, we, we're just analyzing things. Hmm? No, no, this was supposed to have been done. This, this, this is the moment you begin to feel that urge to criticize. In most cases, the things that you don't understand fully, you are on the borderline of deception. Let me help you. If you don't understand spiritual matters, seek to understand them before you criticize them. That's how you preserve your devotion. Ladies and gentlemen, spiritual things are not by crowd opinion. Ah, many people are saying this. Many people, what did Jesus say? What is the Holy Spirit saying? It's not about many people. It's about what the word is saying. It's about what the Spirit is saying to you. In the kingdom of God it's not about many people. It's about the king. It's about the spirit of the kingdom. Am I helping somebody? Though our outer self, sorry, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. He is speaking this in a context, from a particular context. Listen very much. The context we are in, all of us here, all over the world, is such that we can lose heart. It's so depressing. It's so discouraging. The other guy this week was saying, um, uh, well, they still call me Mfundis, which I don't like. Mfundis, these days in Zimbabwe, everyone is living on a trip, you know, the trip in a hospital. I'm saying everyone is living on a trip. And I was like, except me. <laughs> because of the hardness of the situation. Everyone is like on a trip. Yeah, it's like you're on a coma. Or is it in a coma? So I was like, no, 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 young man. You are focusing on wrong things. And when you focus on wrong wings and begin to count wings and all that kind of stuff, you lose heart. And guess what? The wearing 
a way of the outer man is faster. In this context, you look more older than you are. You're wearing away because you are focusing on wrong things that kill you, yeah? that age you, that erode you, that take away your sparkle, your shine. Meanwhile, the Holy Ghost is trying to wash you up so you can appear in, like the glory of God. But because you are focusing on these wrong things, every time you are depressed, you are crying. This is it. You are running away. You are doing all that kind of stuff. Anyway, you die young. Very young. And Paul says, even though that happened, we don't lose heart. And he goes on to say, because our inner self, when my devotion is sincere, is pure, guess what? I remain and I stay renewed inside of me despite what is happening around me. When I am renewed inside of me, it shows in the outside. Because the outside must mirror the inside. So when I collapse in the inside, the outside collapses even more. But when I am so lively in the inside, the outside, despite whatever, still looks strong. Your devotion helps sustain you. Your focus on the Lord Jesus helps sustain you, even physically. Those are the benefits. Let's read on the scripture. It says, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. The things that we see around us, ladies and gentlemen, they are temporary. Why would you want to kill yourself for temporal things? Why do you want to build on temporal stuff? Why really do you want to run mad about temporal things? Do you really understand that the things are temporal? It doesn't matter how glittering they are. It doesn't matter how beautiful they are. It doesn't matter how romantic they look like. It's temporal. It doesn't matter what it is. It is temporary. The natural man has passion for temporal things. That's the spirit of greed. You know, a greed spirit will just want to amass and hood temporal things. <laughs> they are mine. That's the spirit that runs the world. But you. Because you have a better understanding. You understand that these things, yes, I need, but they are temporary. And they are not my focus. The moment I run after them, I lose my devotion. I lose the purity of my devotion. But when I focus on the king and the kingdom, he adds these things. You have never tested him, so don't say he has failed. It's you who have failed. 
When you walk according to his instruction, he will aid because God does not lie. You and me have simply failed to take our faith to a level that moves his hand to aid. And he's still waiting. So we spend a lot of our time where we are supposed to be devoted on him on things. And end up like the world. Corrupt like the world. And doing things we are not supposed to do. So what do you do? Fix your eyes on Christ. And fix your eyes on unseen things. These seen things are temporal. But the unseen gives you power. Because the unseen builds you, I mean builds your faith. When you are running after the unseen, you release your faith. You walk by faith and not by sight. The Bible says, I, this one, has not seen. Yeah? Even your ear has not heard. Nor has it entered your heart what he has prepared for you. So a well-devoted person runs with those things so you can see them. When you see them, oh my goodness God, it's glory. Am I making sense this morning? I'm about to finish. Don't cry. I'm about to finish. I am right on my good time. Ladies and gentlemen, paying too much attention to what is happening around our physical world can discourage and dilute our commitment to Christ and our ministry. We can give up. Many have given up. Many Christians are tired. Go and sit down and analyze. Look back where you began to feel tired. You will realize that you began to move your hands from the plow. You began to look backwards. Yeah? And you began to see a lot of wrong things. Even if they were not that wrong. Are you with me? You begin to entertain the seducing spirits of the enemy that say, mm -mm, Christians are deceivers. Christians are liars. Christians are this and this. And you begin to really see the demons of lies in them. The problem is not them, but the problem is what you begin to entertain in your heart and in your spirit. When a believer there is a liar, your duty is not to walk away from them, but to strengthen them, to correct them, to teach them. But today's believers, because our devotion is the other way around, we walk away from each other. And we begin to condemn and accuse one another. I read my Bible and it told me that there is only one accuser of the brethren. And that accuser is Satan himself. When we were growing up, he was Satan. 
And then when we went to school, he became Satan. <laughs> That's the accuser of the brother. Whose camp are you in? How can you be so devoted to Christ, but you are carrying out the actions of the enemy? That's schizophrenic. It doesn't work that way. Are you here, church? The Holy Spirit help us. Let's make decisions how we want to run. Let's move on. I have one more and then I'm done. Always seek to please the Lord in all things. That's how you want to maintain your pure devotion. Corinthians chapter 5 verse 9 to 11. Let's read the scripture. I'll be very quick on it. So whether we are at home or away, make it our aim to please. Whether we are at home in heaven or away here <laughs> on earth, yeah, make it your aim, your habit, your goal, your objective to please him in everything that you do. He loves that. He loves it when we are doing everything for his glory. Not for your own glory. When you are doing it for his glory, it has nothing to do with your rights. It has nothing to do with your opinions. It has nothing to do with your feelings. It has everything to do with his word and him alone. And it goes on to say, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or The reason why we must keep a sincere and a pure devotion is because one day there is going to be a thing called judgment. One day we will come before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ and narrate, give an account and receive what's due us individually. What we did while we were here in the body, good or evil. If I were you, I would please him. So that when I come here to verse 10, it's about good. Don't you think so? It's about well done, my servant. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Don't sit here and say, how possible is it, Brother K, that I can be good, good, good. Is possible because the Holy Ghost is waiting to teach you, to lead you. Did I say you will not make sin? You know, our God is a good God. We are. We will do wrong things. There is a thing called repentance. Yeah? Of sin and repent. You know, one thing that was good about David, even if you can list 
1,000 weaknesses about David, the king of Israel. He had a repentant heart. And that's why God would boast and say, have you seen David? The man whose heart is after my own heart. But David was full of flaws. He's a good example of a believer. Full of flaws, but you know where to run to when you make a mistake. Yeah? You don't even run to that papa, that prophet, or that priest. No, 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 no. Run to Jesus. I'm sorry. Forgive me, I have sinned. That was David. The man would repent. He didn't even mind how many times he would repent. The reason why he was faltering between those things is because the Holy Spirit was not yet indwelling them. Yeah? The difference between him and you now is that the Holy Spirit is in you. He constrains you from doing wrong. Before you do anything wrong, the Holy Spirit speaks to you. You cannot do this, but you continue. No? Continue and do it. But he keeps telling you, no, 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 no. The reason maybe you are not hearing is because he is so soft-spoken. And if you are not careful, you don't hear his voice. Ladies and gentlemen, don't look for the voice. Children, stop stealing. No, 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 no. It's inside. Are you listening to me? It's inside. Listen to him here. Your inner man. Then you move on. When you stay in devotion, many things happen. Let's go to verse 11. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God. And I hope it is known also to your conscience, which is your heart. You see, when the Bible is talking about your heart, it's not talking about the organ. This, this organ pumps blood. That's, that's the role of it. But when the Bible talks of your heart, it's talking about your conscience, your seat of emotions, the inner man. That's what you need to guard. And this pure devotion helps you to sharpen your conscience. So that when the world throws whatever it throws, your inner man says, you shall not eat. You shall not take. Walk away. He is not the one. Yeah? He's not. Look for another. He keeps telling you. He keeps instructing you. Because you are focused. And when you are doing that, you can then stand up for Jesus. Let me just show you one thing. Psalm 1. Then I will be done. Psalm 1. I will be done. Show me the scripture. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. That's what spoils your devotion. Walking in the counsel of the wicked. But if you are not, the Bible says you are the blessed one. 
nor stands in the way of sinners. You don't enjoy the association of sinners, the company of sinners. A sinner is a sinner. You are the righteousness of God. No, God said we must love the sinners. Congratulations, we love the sinners, but don't stand in their way. Don't do what they do. Don't even go and sit with them if you don't trust yourself. You will end up like them. No, sit in the seat of scoffers. People who scoff and insult your Jesus and your everyone else. I think I once told you a story that long ago when I was on fire for Jesus. I caught a combi into a combi in Cholocho coming to Bulawayo. Those years I was made, set by the back city. Then this in Jiva, this South Africa, you know, those, those days before COVID, they reduced them. It, it, you know, they, 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 they were very, very flamboyant in rural areas. And like. So he sat in the front seat there. There was this Methodist priest in the combi. And this guy says to the Methodist, Pastor, on behalf of everyone in this combi, can you prove that Mary was not a prostitute? That Jesus did not steal a donkey? Yeah? And before the pastor would answer, because the priest really struggled to answer that, before he would answer, I spoke from the back and said, excuse me, sir, don't include me. In your conversation, in your question, you say it on behalf of everyone. Say on behalf of everyone except me. Because the Jesus you are talking about is my Lord. Yeah? And he looked at me and said, okay, pastor, on behalf of everyone except that man at the back of the sea. I said, Bodo. Good. Scoffers. Yeah? When they scoff, you laugh. You enjoy it. Get away. Get away. It spoils your devotion. If you can't challenge, walk away. But the Bible says avoid foolish arguments. Yeah? If you are not able to walk in your authority, walk away. But if you are able, you can say, shut up. As long as I'm here, you are not talking that. And keep quiet. And make a face. <laughs> Let's finish this one. Then I go away. But this delight is, sorry, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Devotion. God bless you. Enjoy the whole week. Go and devote. And be like some, someone. That's the way. That's the way of our sincere and a pure devotion. That's what the Lord is looking for from you and me. The week is blessed because you are blessed. Let's go out there and win and win and win and win. Jesus loves you. Amen and amen. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the minister of your word. We give you honor. We give you praise. We are your people. All we desire is to follow Jesus. All we desire is to be highly devoted. All we desire is to do good. All we desire is to glorify your name. Thank you for helping us by your Holy Spirit who indwells us eternally. We are all willing because we are sons of God. Thank you for victory, therefore.
In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen and amen.